to Leitner. Puts it up. You're listening to the Culture State Podcast. Get ready. Woo! All right. It's another episode of the Culture State Podcast. I am Chris Lee. I'm Dennis Cox. Real quick, Chris, before we get to more 336 love here on the Culture State Podcast, <laughs> remind people out there, Papa Murphy's Pizza, a proud sponsor here of Culture State Podcast. Every Tuesday, 1099 large pizzas. Papa Murphy's, follow them on Twitter and Instagram at Papa Murphy's. Change the way you pizza. Get two of them. It's $20, $22. Exactly. That's it. That's amazing. Now, uh, now Chris, more 336 love here on Culture State today. I feel like there's been so much triad love here on this show yeah man you, you just gotta have that 336 love uh so clearly that's where i'm from from greensboro grew up most of my time in high point which is basically five miles away it, you know it's just, it wasn't that far of a move um but yeah it's it's where i grew up is where i've made most of my name and everything like that mm-hmm. um and so I, I still have so many deep connections so i had to go back from a connection before i was even you know, in television before I was in radio, before I was even, you know, in print uh, to Will Graves. You know, he went to a rival high school of mine, Dudley High School. Uh, we knew a lot of the same people. And, you know, he's one of those guys that um, he was a really good, like he was the 2006 North Carolina Mr. Basketball. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like a, a huge deal. And when I yeah. tell you, like, you know, w- the way Carmelo Anthony's game looks, that was Will Graves in high school. He was just the jump shooter that was just big, big body. You couldn't do anything about it. And it was just sad watching guys from my high school who were just like, you know, 6'1", maybe, you know, 165 pounds, yeah. having to guard Will Graves. I don't know how much he weighed then, but he was probably, you know, 6'5", 6'6", 200 pounds, backing dudes down, turned around, and shots it was just unfair to watch in high school so i just always knew he was going to go up and, and be a professional baller well he went to north carolina had a lot of success yeah. there and he actually ended up up until very recently spending a lot of time traveling overseas and we're definitely going to get into this overseas conversation with him because it's always amazing when you see people that come from you know the triad or just really anywhere that has to go to a completely different lifestyle, completely different languages, different dynamic of people, different demographic of people, and just having to go to all these different places. And how do you adapt? Like, obviously, you're going to play basketball. The court, you know, take care of itself. But a lot of people don't realize that, hey, you know what? You got to navigate your life around what you do as a job. Um, So for, like, anybody that's got to travel to a new place to work, you got to adapt and and off the field or off the court or outside of your job as well. And the fact that he was able to do that in so many different places is just remarkable. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, so it, it was great being able to see him kind of grow through high school, through college, and now as a professional. And then, you know, he has the next phase of his life, which is now teaching people um, how to become great folks, but also become great basketball players. So we'll hear all of that from Will Graves, former North Carolina Tar Heel after this message right here on the culture state podcast all right we're back on the culture state podcast dennis i want to take you back uh to about 2003 2004 Ah, i was at southwest guilford high school and when i was there right if we had somebody who was six five six six on a basketball team they were our center 
Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't they didn't have any guard skills. And we would always play a school that was notorious for having great basketball talent, Dudley High School. And this is where I first saw Will Graves, at, who's our guest today. And he was 6'5", 6'6", but he was shooting jumpers and making them, like all of them, <laughs> like mid-rangers, three-pointers, spin moves, everything. And it was just like, yo, how, how do you stop that with a, a team that only has like a bunch of 6'2 guards? So uh, needless to say that um, him and, and, and Kevin Swinton and other folks were just kind of like tearing us up on the court. So – Here's Will Graves from Greensboro, North Carolina. I wanted to have him on, of course, uh, former North Carolina Tar Heel international basketball player and uh, just just dope at, at what he does, man. So welcome to the show. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, Dudley, first off, uh, Dudley High School, there's been a, a lot of folks that went from Dudley to Carolina. You're one of them. It's, you know, you, Brendan Hayward. I know Theo Pinson was at Dudley before he went to uh, Wesleyan and all that. Mm -hmm. And it's just interesting just seeing that, just that pipeline from, from Dudley High School to, to uh, North Carolina. What what was right. about, what was that? Do you guys all talk about that? Is that something you guys all discuss? Like, now nah, let's all go to Carolina. No, it's nothing that we really discussed um, <laughs> in the sense of collectively because, you know, each of us, we all like, are separated at least by four five years yeah. so you know just growing up in north carolina the university of north carolina that's the place you want to go you know it's the dream school it's the dream public school and especially coming from dudley being a public school and we take pride in the fact that you know we really build our young men and we build these athletes and they become you know, we work hard and we become who we become just from the culture at uh, James B. Dudley and the people surrounding. They help push us to keep working harder and to make it out, you know, of that side of town. So, you know, it's, it's just more of a, a culture thing that's embedded without even speaking about it. Absolutely. It's it seems like me. Correct me if I'm wrong. You're, you're you two are both from from the triad. What is it about? The triad, even though Wake Forest is right there, and people respect Wake Forest, but why is like UNC like like it's like a hotbed for UNC fans and fandom in the triad? Like, wh what is it about UNC that for some reason Greensboro is like the second city for Chapel Hill? Right. Um, you know, I, I really want to answer your question, but the best way I can answer your question is when I was actually at UNC. I'll never forget being in um, study hall one day. And I had studied her with a, with a softball player. And, you know, I was finding out where she was from. And she was from South Dakota. And, you know, I asked her, well, you from South Dakota? Like, what, what made you want to come to the, you know, University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill? And she said, the basketball team. Like, that, that is what, you know, came to her attention when she was younger and her family. Like, they were big Carolina fans all the way out in South Dakota. So, you know, it's UNC. It's it's a beautiful place to be. You know, it it it's bigger than just Greensboro and the Triad. So, of course, being here, you know, you want to um, attend UNC. Like it's it's a must. <laughs> yeah, and, and there's other people too. Um, when you you mentioned Wake Forest, he played with Kevin Swint. You played with Kevin, right? Yes, for sure. Yeah, so he went to Wake Forest and, and, uh, mm -hmm. originally before he transferred. So, so right. there was some Wake Forest there. But, Dennis, you got to understand, like, the <laughs> fact that my high school played that high school. You had two ACC stars on yeah. that team. 
it's just it's tough. It's tough to deal with. And then also my football team played Dudley's football team. And my good friend I grew up with, Kennedy Tinsley, ended up going from Dudley to UNC himself to play football. there. Right. Um, right. So it's it's you know, that's the type of talent that's just at that high school. Mm-hmm. Um, but just going on just after uh, college. You, you've been all around the world and, yeah. and um, you know, you've had a lot of great experiences. I've had I've had fun through the years of uh, just kind of following you through social media. Social media has changed uh, right. from, you know, MySpace to Facebook to Twitter to Instagram and everything. Right. Um, and just seeing your different experiences. What's what's that been like for you? Just being able to see that uh, the game that you loved and learned in Greensboro is literally taking you all over the world. It's actually been a beautiful thing um, as a as a kid, as a youth. You know, I've always wanted to travel the world anyway. So just to be able to travel the world, I call it a paid vacation. You know, um, <laughs> I'm 10 months in Argentina uh, at a time, 10 months in Israel at a time. Um, I, I've just been able to go everywhere and play the game that I love. You know, you get to live and visit different places. Um, Israel was very, very good to me. I spent four years in Israel. Um, that was one of my favorite countries, but like each country, you know, I, I take it for what it is. Each country had something good to offer. Um, I enjoyed each experience. Uh, Japan was um, crazy because I was in the uh, 9.0 earthquake um, oh, wow. and the, the tsunami when that happened, you know, uh, no, I wasn't like technically in the tsunami. That was a, another piece of Japan. Yeah, yeah. You know, a prayers out to those people. But, you know, I, that was an experience in itself. Uh, I lived in Iceland for three months. I hate the cold. So that was an experience in itself, you know. And just just being, like what you said, just being able to bounce around different countries, man. It's, it's an unbelievable experience that, you know, you just have to cherish it while you're in the moment like when people say live in the moment that is a real thing to just live in the moment of traveling these different places how hard was it with language barrier and everything to be in these different countries oh argentina was the hardest but also the easiest because you know spanish i i quickly picked up the spanish like they don't in argentina they're not trying to speak english you know you need to speak Spanish, you know, to (laughs) get around and get what you want. Um, Israel spoke a lot of English. They they spoke a lot of English. Iceland spoke a lot of English. Uh, Japan, I had a translator that was with me almost everywhere. My first dinner in Japan, uh, they didn't have forks, so I had to learn how to eat with chopsticks the the first (laughs) night I was in Japan. (laughs) Uh, Greece is another country where the um, the natives speak a lot of English. Uh, Portugal was the same, but you know they stick more to the uh, Portuguese. But they do learn a lot of English, and you know a lot more people than uh, my experiences in Argentina and Japan. I would say. Mm. I'm sure you probably uh, ate a lot of good food while you're on these places. Yeah, oh, for course. sure, for sure. <laughs> for sure Gre- Greece has the best food by far as far as a collective like being able to choose different things I, I definitely love Greek food I want to take it back to uh to your time in Chapel Hill and um you know you, you mm-hmm. had a chance to of course play under Roy Williams for, for three years and 
Um, you know, he recently retired. Uh, so I wanted to know, like, right. what are some of your uh, favorite memories of, of Roy Williams? What makes him such a such a great coach? And what are some of the things that you learned from him that helped uh, spawn such a, a long professional career for you? What I learned, I, this always sticks with me with coach. You know, um, you can't control the wind, but you can adjust the sails. Mm-hmm. That quote that he uses, that will always stick with me, especially for, you know, my ups and downs in life. And this, that, and the third, my learning experiences. That that quote is what, you know, means the most to me with him like you can't control the wind but you can adjust the sails man that's how i live my life you know we don't know what path we're on you know we can try we can plan for things but everything doesn't always go as planned and you know we can't control that but we can adjust what we have going on to keep striving to go forward um i mean five four years with Coach Williams, I, you learn so much. That's I could write a book about that, you know. So I, I will. So I can't waste all the gems right now. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that that, you know, that sentence right there. Those two sentences, they mean a lot to me, and they register a lot. He was a great person, very uh, motivational. Motivate you to play hard on the court. Motivate you to do better in the classroom. It just motivates you to be a better person all around. And you know, I cherish my moments at UNC and being able to be coached by a legend such as Roy Williams. And you know, it was it was always great. I we- can never say I really had a a bad day at school. I was going to say that we uh, we spoke to Joe Barry recently and his birthday is April 1st. And uh, he was saying that uh, when, you know, when the news came out, it was April 1st. And instead of people saying happy birthday to him, they were like hitting him up like, is this a is this a joke um, right. you know, with Roy, Roy Williams leaving? What were your thoughts when he uh, did retire? Um, I had mixed emotions, you know, uh, First, he's a legend, so, you know, you never want to see a legend leave. And then um, at the same time, I'm, I'm with you. Like, is it is this a joke? You know, like, I, I didn't know that it would be, like, right now. You know, uh, I still thought, you know, because he still looks healthy. He still mm-hmm. seems young at heart. He still has that fire, you know. So, you know, I, I couldn't put a finger on it, you know. And um, I just feel like. He, you know, he feels something on the inside and he felt like it was his time. I haven't had a chance to speak with him yet, but I would love to um, here in the near future. I need to go back down to Chapel Hill, actually. So, you know, I have more information for you for our second round. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> now, you, you mentioned about how Roy's impact on you since you've left UNC. How is that impacting you now with your post-basketball career? Like how how is this teaching still impacting? It's, it's, it's the same. It's the same thing. You you don't you can't control the wind, but you can adjust the sails. Like I came home actually after injury, and I was in a bad car accident. And when I thought I was, <clears throat> I thought I was pretty fine. And we had a game in two days, and just ever since the car accident, I had small injuries here, small injuries in my leg that grew into um, a bigger injury. It made me sit down for a while and I had to fly home mm-hmm. 
and, you know, just rebuild myself. And while you're at home, you know, they always tell you have a backup plan or you need to know what's next after basketball. So I just started putting into perspective um, uh, my business, my uh, skills academy. You know, eventually I want to build a school, um, which is like a skills academy for the inner city youth and and just help get people off the streets and give them somewhere to play. And you can get a haircut there, you get a nail salon. We have a, a business class or a computer lab, you know, culinary. All It's like all in one, you know, a place where you can just get dropped off in the morning at 8 o'clock or we have a bus route to come pick you up. And you can leave at 10 p.m., you know, all summer. And, you know, this is like a small vision of what I have going on next. So just like I said, with Coach Williams and um, how we can never control the wind, but we can always adjust the sails, you know, each day in life. If I'm breathing, I just feel like I have a chance to do something positive and do something good and do something to grow from yesterday. I think that's dope that you you want to do that because I, I think um, you know I don't I don't know how if you how you feel about this but I feel like every time I talk to somebody else who's who's from Greensboro like myself we always feel like there's so much talent that's there but there's right. not a lot of resources that are there actually in the city to help right. cultivate that and grow that people have to usually leave and come back right. Um, right. to to kind of give back and and now what you're basically talking about is basically helping people who. Okay, you have something here. So instead of, you know, getting into whatever you may be into uh, around the city, Mm -hmm. you can come here and help cultivate that. Um, What do you think will be different about your life if you would have maybe had something about like that when when we were coming up around the same uh, time uh, when you were in Greensboro? Well, I had great parenting. I had a great father and great mother. So. You know, a lot of my mistakes were just me being a knucklehead myself. But, you know, I stayed in the gym, I, you know, because I really loved the game of basketball. So I actually was the type of person that really stayed in the gym all the time when I was younger. I was always trying to look for a basketball court if the gym was closed. Like, I was really dedicated to the sport because the sport was my outlet, you know, from, from life. It was my outlet from anything negative that that could possibly happen so I already was you know I mean my dad he he was great at you know pushing me and motivating me to be whatever I wanted to be in life and that we used basketball as the uh tool to make that happen for sure so what's the to get this up and running like what are the steps that you have to take in order to get this thing up and running it's a it definitely sounds something that could be great for the community but there's obviously a lot of legwork that's got to go into it right right and that's kind of what i'm diving into right now um at the current moment i'm just working the kids out at the sports plex people are starting to understand that i'm uh available and in town and so it's just like word of mouth slash I have a website, uh, WGSkillsAcademy.com. And, you know, it, it'll grow itself. Everything will grow itself. And, and then I'll be able to show you my um, floor plan and of the blueprint of the school I would actually want to build. And then I'll be able to put it all into like a bigger 
vision for someone else as you know since right now it just really sits in my head but i know i will do it absolutely when you do that definitely let us know we can yeah. um definitely make sure we can cover that because that'll be that'll be dope um but also i just want to know does this mean that professional career is is over or if you get that call you're gonna head in somewhere and, and give it another run you know that's that's been a thing with me i've been in limbo uh, just to, truthfully speaking, I, I have been in limbo between uh, life after basketball and playing professional basketball because, you know, when, you, um, when you've um when you been blessed to attend the University of North Carolina and when you've been blessed to, you know, do all these different things through basketball, you kind of understand what it takes to be elite, you know. And I'm at that point after injury where, you know, I'm – I put more time into the kids than into myself to be elite. And I wouldn't go anywhere without, you know, being the best that I can be. But the kids, they've been giving me great motivation. So, you know, I, I still really don't know. Um, I do have different agents that call me from time to time. And right now I've been more focused on the business because I started that. But I could see myself after the first of the year or maybe even next basketball season. Like this summer, I feel like I will work out with my kids a lot and just get in shape and feel the love for the game of basketball again. And like I said, the second round, I might have some more information for you. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. For sure. All right. I want to go to your college basketball career. More annoying fan base, NC State or Duke? <laughs> uh. NC State, I would say, because you already know what you're going to get going into Cameron. Mm -hmm. So that's you know when you're um, when you're on the court, you don't you you can just block that out. But like you don't really expect it from as bad from NC State, and it's more like uh, NC State is more like a Philadelphia fan base where you know they're they're rude. Duke is just, you know, they're just into the game and, you know, a rival. NC State, they get rude. <laughs> so right. You know, I can see that. I, right. <laughs> I can definitely see that. <laughs> because uh, just based off of how they email us when they don't like the coverage of certain things. <laughs> Talks about Carolina for 45 seconds, but only NC State 30 seconds. Like, oh, right. Okay, all right. <laughs> no, nah, okay, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, what what is uh what is the maybe the worst experience with the fan that you had? I mean, not not, not like super negative, but like has somebody said something like crazy at, at as a, at a game while you at the free throw line or something like that, and you're just trying to block everything out? Yeah, I, I'm I'm locked in on the court. I mean, even if they said something, it wouldn't you know it wouldn't throw me off. I haven't had any Russell Westbrook moments or Isaiah <laughs> Thomas <laughs> moments, you know, or LeBron recently. You yeah. know, I, I haven't had any any of those type of moments because even if I heard something, it's nothing really a person could say to me that's going to, you know, yeah. make me just fall off and feel like I can't shoot this free throw right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Well, thank you for representing the 336 very well. Uh, it's been it's definitely been cool seeing you uh, grow and progress over the years, my man. And uh, definitely looking forward to seeing how your Skills Academy grows and, and progresses itself. So thank you, I thank appreciate you, you for, for being a part of this and, and 
you know, and happy about your, your contributions that you've had to the basketball in North Carolina. And I know that there'll be more in the future for sure. Thank you. I appreciate you having me. And nice to meet you, Dennis. Ah, pleasure's mine, sir. Yeah, yes, sir. Dennis, we, we got to bring in the 336 love. So he's from Virginia, right, right. but, you know, we, we got, I got to take him over to a tour. Well, I, I have I have family in Virginia. So, Dennis, yeah. welcome to the family, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of 336 love on this podcast, by the way. Yeah. I just wanted to point that out. A yeah, it's of- very strong. It's very strong. The 336, you know, we hold it down in North Carolina. <laughs> okay, the flashback here we have ryan blaney nascar driver on uh, like about a month or so ago and they're both chris and, and ryan are both from high point i just oh, sat wow. back and let him out of high point bromance for like right, right. <laughs> i mean no so we were just talking about, about it yeah we we're just talking about the biscuit factory and stuff over yeah. in high point just different Ooh, things yeah. like that like you know i don't know have, yeah. you, have you ever been to the biscuit factory in high point no, i haven't i haven't i heard about it yeah if you ever i mean i know there's not a lot of reason for you to go to high point <laughs> but if you ever find a reason to go to high point just go i'm going to a high point university basketball game tonight so that's you know that's a great reason so you can stop yeah, by the big biscuit a, factory uh, they have a new uh arena over there I, i'm i'm wanting to see mm-hmm. that arena that arena looks right. nice right yeah. i'm going i'm going to check it out tonight I, i'll tell you about it <laughs> that's what's up man all right i hope you enjoy it, man will graves on the culture state podcast all right thanks peace we want to thank Will Graves for coming in and uh, being a part of the Culture State podcast for today. Yes. Um, you know, a lot of three three six happening right here. It just it just oh, it just brings a smile to my face. I, so I, so much three three six happening. They can hear it. For those, <laughs> for those who aren't watching on YouTube right now, those listening can definitely hear it, Chris. For sure. Uh, so you know, and also I just want to reiterate, Dudley High School. Yeah. Oh, my God. There's so many athletes that have come from Dudley High School just over the years. Um, It's crazy to see just their influence just on the the state of North Carolina. Every city has like that high school that's just known for the athletes. When you think about Wilmington, you think about Laney. Uh, When you think about Fayetteville, you know, Terry Sanford is is one of the schools that kind of pops up. Uh, When you think about Raleigh, there's a lot that's come from Broughton and Enloe, especially Enloe on the basketball side. Yeah. Um, Dudley, wait, you said what? Wake Wake Forest Forest. football. Yes. Uh, Dudley is that for basketball Mm -hmm. and is that for football as well? Um, it's turned more into a football thing because now, uh, basketball players are being poached now to go to some of the, uh, the, the good basketball players are being poached to go to some of the private schools. Um, but man, Dudley just keeps on giving when it comes down to all the great athletes, you think about Tennessee's quarterback right now, Hendon Hooker. Yeah. Straight from Dudley High School. You know, it, there was a long time there where it seemed like all Virginia Tech had to do was just come down to Dudley and just <laughs> get half of their team yeah. and come up to Blacksburg with me. Um, you know, so many different athletes there. So uh, Dudley High School is definitely a gem in Greensboro for sure. It, for sure. And it's just, it's amazing as well uh, how the triad is just Chapel Hill 2.0 in terms of fandom. Um, it's just, I mean, Absolutely. a big part of that probably comes from, as we wrap up here, the ACC tournament being played so often in Greensboro and yep. UNC success for so many years and the Greensboro Coliseum and the ACC tournament. And it's not that far ago from Chapel Hill to Greensboro. So yeah, the fandom, it, it makes sense why there are so many UNC fans in the, in the triad. It, it, it blows my mind. You go to Greensboro and it's just, it's, it's UNC everywhere. Duke get out of here state don't even think about it you know you know it's, it's funny it's, it's tar hill country in the triad 
I, I knew that moving to Raleigh, there would be more, um, you know, NC State fans. Sure. But for some reason, I thought that the overall fandom would still, like Carolina would still be dominant here. And it's not. It's NC State here all the way because where I come from, it's dominant North Carolina. I think right. about a couple years ago, maybe three, four years ago, back when something happened at the Dean Smith Center and they couldn't hold uh, the, the Carolina game against Notre Dame. They switched it to the Greensboro Coliseum. And I covered that game. That, that place was packed. You yeah. know, like you, you couldn't tell anybody that, you know, this wasn't being played in Chapel Hill. And North Carolina can definitely do that in Greensboro. If they moved the team to Greensboro, <laughs> they could sell out the Greensboro Coliseum 22 times a year yep. for sure. I'm telling you, like it's for it's sure. such a huge Carolina place, and so that pipeline, uh, Will Graves, a part of that pipeline, is definitely huge from uh, Greensboro to to Chapel Hill. It's amazing. In the triangle, state biggest team across the rest of the state, UNC's biggest team. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that national level, you could argue Duke, the biggest national brand, uh, along with UNC. So it's just it's amazing how it all it all works here in the triangle. But it's pretty it's pretty fun to see. Pretty remarkable. I was going to talk about how low Duke is on the totem pole here in the triangle. Yeah. Duke is, is the clear number two in the triad. NC State yeah. is low on the totem pole in the triad. So it's, it's just interesting to see that flip. So thank you guys for watching the Culture State podcast and listening to the Culture State podcast. For sure. And while you're you listening to the podcast, make sure you go get out some Papa Murphy's pizza on Tuesdays, $10.99 for any large pizza. Papa Murphy's change the way you pizza. And we'll order something too. We'll take five stars if you yes. please. Um, we love the love and uh, also make sure you follow us at Chrisley TV at the fam rookie and follow us at culture state pod. Absolutely. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. We'll be back next week with another great one. The culture state podcast, part of the capital broadcasting podcast network with new shows coming out every Wednesday, download and subscribe from wherever you get your podcasts, including the WREL sports fan app.